I am Barbara Beatles. I am a Roman Catholic woman priest. Welcome to the Five Thesis Podcast. I'm Cindy Pena. Last time, we attended an outdoor mass in Washington, D.C. Let us begin in the name of God, who is source of all being. Led by Barbara Beatles, a Roman Catholic woman priest. Today, we'll talk to Barbara and hear about her call to serve and how she became a woman priest. Even though her service is not recognized by the Catholic Church, she and many other women priests and thousands of followers around the world believe women have a rightful God-given place ministering to Catholics as inclusive and welcoming priests. May our God be with you. I've been a priest since 2015. Let us acknowledge that there are times when we fall short and ask our God for pardon and for peace. The ordination of priests requires bishops. In 2003, canonical male bishops recognized the need for women bishops to ordain women priests. They ordained two women priests as bishops, who then ordained more bishops and other women priests as well. Anointed one, have mercy. I was ordained in New Jersey with six other women. We are known as the Morristown Seven. Uh, the women are in Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, um, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. So we're all over the East Coast. The Roman Catholic women's movement began in 2002 when seven women, mostly European women, were ordained by three Catholic bishops. They were bishops that were in good standing in the Catholic Church. They were active. And the women were ordained on a boat because it didn't belong to anybody's diocese. In the glory of our Mother, Father, God, Amen. The first ordinations of women priests in the United States took place in 2006. And since then, the Roman Catholic women priest movement in the U.S. has grown. In the United States, there are about 240 of us. And on the East Coast, uh, from Nova Scotia to Florida, there are 47 of us. We just ordained two women to be deacons in the church and they'll be ordained in um, in May as priests. Barbara is celebrating this mass in Washington DC outside on Massachusetts Avenue just a few blocks away from the Vatican Embassy. The location was chosen to send a message to the Catholic leadership about the women priests who are committed to their calling and preparation to serve. How do you prepare for ordination? Well, I think when I was six or seven, I think it was when I was getting ready for my first communion, I already knew then that I wanted to be a priest because I thought bringing Jesus to other people was like the best, really the best. By the time I was 10, I went to our priest and asked on the day he was training the altar servers, if I could be an altar server, and he kind of laughed at me and said, well, no, Barbara, you can't, because you're a girl. And I, I didn't think that was a good answer then, and it's still not a good answer. I was actually on my way to go meet an Episcopal priest to find out about 
being an Episcopalian priest, because I knew they took women, the, the call was so strong in me. And then I thought, wait a minute, that's not my church. My church is the Roman church, the Catholic church. So I Googled Roman Catholic and I put women priests and I found the group in Baltimore. And as they say, the rest is history. And it's been the most wonderful part of my, my life. And so preparing to become a woman priest, what is that like? I mean, explain that process and, and how you compare to the men who have become priests. We do not have a regular seminary. Um, most of us have earned degrees on our own. I happen to have a master's degree in liturgical studies from Catholic University, which was part of my other life, which was a woman religious, and I taught school for, in, in parochial schools, I think I was there for about 16 or 17 years, and then I finished after 35 years in the county education. So you prepare, we have a program of preparation and discernment because it isn't just you thinking that God wants you to be a priest. There are a whole bunch of people that accompany you on this journey. And yes, you do hear the call first from God, but then there are people who walk beside you and help you listen and clarify. And then we have units of study exactly the way the priests that teach in a parish or work in a parish do. Uh, some of our priests are chaplains in other facilities, hospitals. Um, we have a couple of people that work with uh, hospice as chaplains. Um, and we have people who do social work. We also have people who are counselors. So we try and do God's work wherever we are. What would you say is the difference between the women in ordination versus the, the men in the Catholic Church? I think probably the biggest thing is we are non-hierarchical. We, we do have a bishop who is our, you know, our spiritual leader, but she has no more say. We don't kneel down and pledge allegiance to her or fealty the way um, a diocesan priest would. The other things that are different are that we work in collegial parish groups. We really don't own property that belongs to a church. We don't hire and fire people that work for us. Um, we don't have a retirement program for priests. Everybody's on their own. None of us are salaried. Um, several of us are retired. And the other thing that I think makes it really different is we try in a very specific way not to be um, father this or father that or the authority this or the authority that. It is we are collegial with the people of God. We are part of the people of God. We're asked to offer prayer with them. And without them, we wouldn't have a job. The Mass is different. How is this Mass different from the traditional Catholic Mass? The only thing we've changed, really, and it's amazing, is the language. 
we have tried to make the language gender neutral. So we use the scriptures that are the inclusive um, liturgical uh, book. Our prayers are gender neutral. Uh, we often refer to God as God, mother and father. Um, the other thing that's one of the most wonderful things I think we do is we invite everyone to come to the table because none of us believe that we have the right to refuse anyone for any reason at any time that we don't look into people's hearts and judge whether they're with God or not with God. That's their business. Do you perform the sacraments as well, confession? Oh yes, uh, I've been lucky enough to hear people's confessions. I'm going to have my first wedding ceremony in December. I'm so excited. Bride and groom are just as cute as can be. Uh, we do bury people, we marry people, we baptize people, we anoint people who are sick. Uh, we stay by the bedside of people who request us to be there when they're uh, when they're getting ready to transition to the next life. Yeah, we do, we do it all. Yeah. And our bishop ordains. So there it is. That's number seven. So how do people become women priests? Um, we encourage them, first of all, to check out our website and look at the, the conditions. We don't just let you walk in off the street and say, hey, I want to be a priest. Oh, great, come on in. We have criminal background checks. We have education requirements. We require a complete psychological exam because we have to protect our people. You know, um, we want to make sure that the people who are coming to serve are really here to serve the people of God. So I would suggest if you are interested in being or have even ever thought about it. Have been called. Have been called and you're answering that call, exactly. That number one, try and get yourself to a liturgy conducted by a woman priest so that you can see firsthand what it is we do and how people interact, how the community is run, how it's Catholic, but not that same old Catholic we grew up with. You know what I mean? And so that would be number one. Number two would be go to our website and look about the requirements. And then number three, pick up the phone and give us a call. You, you mentioned Catholic, not like we know normally, like a traditional Catholic church. How is this church better? I'm not gonna use that word better. I'm going to say different. I think the inclusion part is very, very, very important. Um, we don't want anyone to feel like they can't belong to a community of believers, that they're somehow lacking in something and cannot be part of our worship in a full way. So that would be number one. Number two, the fact that we move around, we are I, I joke about it, but I have my mass in the box that I move around with me. You know, my the elements that I need, my vestments, the um, the altar linen, the the music books, the the prayer books that we use. You, you know? don't need to be inside a church. 
No, as a matter of fact, most of our liturgies are not. However, we do have the wonderful Episcopal Church, the wonderful Unitarian Universalist Church, um, and the wonderful um, temples that allow us to come and celebrate Eucharist. I guess the day will come when we can walk into a, a Catholic church and be welcome, but not the way the church is now. And if the Pope called tomorrow and said, Barbara, we're taking women priests, come on and join us, I would have to say no. Because the, the clericalism and the cover-ups that are part of our church mismanagement and well it's our sinfulness you know the kind of stuff that's turning people away from the traditional church I don't want any part of that and for us to do that would be to betray what we're trying to do now which is to make a new and improved Catholic Church for everyone thank you Barbara you're welcome. Very it was welcome. wonderful. Yes. Thank you. For more information on the women priest movement, go to their website, romancatholicwomenpriests.org. Putting women in church leadership is one of the five theses, a call to action created by lay Catholics to encourage church reform. For more information about the five theses, please go to our website, the number five theses.com, and follow us on Facebook at Five Theses. I'm Cindy Pena. Thank you for listening to the Five Theses Podcast.